This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Coming up on Studios America, J.P. Sears is here to bring a little joy into the cold, dark world. The new Speaker of the House kickstarts his tenure with some very interesting moves, and we will give you an exclusive inside look at the Las Vegas sphere. I was there just the other day. I, it's pretty incredible. It all starts in just a minute, but first, let me tell you about Liver Health Formula. Uh, you probably have heard about Liver Health Formula before because, I don't know, people want to be healthy. They want to know uh, how to make themselves, you know, longevity is a big issue these days. Um, they've sold over 2 million bottles. So why is it so popular? Uh, the American Liver Foundation says that 100 million Americans have fatty liver. So it's not surprising that a lot of people are looking to help themselves. And people throw kind of everything at their livers. GMOs and cholesterol, alcohol, toxins, Tylenol, statins, cigarettes. It's why so many have a sluggish, fatty liver that makes you gain weight, it makes you feel tired all the time. Well, for decades, your liver has helped you with over 500 key functions daily. It's time you help your liver. Liver Health Formula is an all-natural supplement which contains 12 clinically proven botanicals that help you recharge and protect your liver. Why wouldn't you want to do that? Listeners of the show can take advantage of their special offer. If you try Liver Health Formula and get a, uh, you're going to get a second bottle. Um, of uh, blood sugar formula to help reduce your sugar cravings. And you can join their happy customer list by visiting getliverhelp.com slash stew. Claim your free bonus gift right now. It's getliverhelp.com slash stew. Stew does America. Welcome to the program. You know, so much crap going on in the world. I think we start with something a little different, something maybe kind of cool. Uh, that was my goal, at least, when I went to Las Vegas uh, the other day and went to go see the Sphere. This is a pretty incredible thing. If you have not seen pictures of it, it's one of the most wild things you'll ever see. Um, and it is a new entertainment concert complex in Las Vegas, just opened. Um, it is pretty impressive. This is what it looks like from the outside. You see this little yellow dude. Um, I mean, that's just a picture of it. it, it up, you know, up close, it looks absolutely incredible. It was it basically designed by the uh, Madison Square Garden people. Um, and it was designed basically on a napkin in 2018 and came all the way to this, you know, incredible complex. On the outside, it's a whole screen. So they made it into, uh, you know, you see here a jack-o'-lantern. And the jack-o'-lantern looks like it's, it's all moving. Look at this creepy eyeball. There's just an eyeball in the middle of Las Vegas. How creepy is that? It is very, very bizarre. It seats 18,600, which is more than I realized. The interior, you know, you have 4K on your TV. This has 16K. I didn't even know there was that many Ks. Who knew? Um, it's amazing. It's, you know, it's all encompassing. It's basically all around you. 580,000 square feet of LED displays on the outside. And it is really, really incredible. U2 has been playing there. It opened uh, September 29th, uh, 2023. The final cost, $2.3 billion dollars. For a big ball with a TV on the outside and the inside. 
$2.3 billion. It's legitimately impressive. And so when I was out there for something else, I was like, I got to get to the sphere. I got to just kind of break out time to go see this thing. Now, of course, U2 was playing the day before I got there and the day after. So they were not there. But they had this other movie thing going on. I was like, yeah, it's worth checking out. So um, this is what it looks like, kind of like in the, when you walk up in the construction. Uh, you can see Spider-Man uh, just kind of peering uh, over, which uh, <laughs> is a very, very strange thing. And this was named uh, Time Magazine's Best Invention, or one of them, for 2023, which is interesting because uh, the best invention named by a completely outdated and dilapidated invention, which, of course, is Time Magazine. Um, when you walk in, you have this grandiose, you know, futuristic-looking thing. I don't even know how to describe this stuff. There's stuff going on all over the place. You can make some weird avatar of yourself. You got uh, creepy robots that are just kind of standing around talking to you. You can walk up to. And the whole thing as you walk in is legitimately amazing. I mean, I, it's hard to describe how incredible it is when you're outside of it. Uh, when you walk into it, it's very, very impressive. Um, and, you know, they needed to do something other than U2. U2, look, I love U2. I'm a big U2 fan. They're not going to be playing every single night. They, I, I mean, I can barely get out of my bed in the morning. I can't even imagine how these guys are doing this two or three times a week. So you got to have something to fill this, right? It costs $2.3 billion. They decided to do kind of... What you'd expect. If you've ever been to a gigantic IMAX movie, you know they run nature films all the time, right? That's kind of what you'd expect. So they decided to make their own nature film. This is filmed with cameras specific to this venue. Like, they're only made for this venue. Like, eight people at a time to run one camera to get these shots. And the movie is called Postcards from Earth. Darren Aronofsky is the um, uh, a director. He uh, allows viewers to see nature in a way they've never experienced before. Now, the question, of course, is why Darren Aronofsky? I, I mean, if you may know the name as a director. He did uh, The Wrestler. He did um, Black Swan back in the day. Recently did The Whale. Uh, you know, a guy who directed a Brendan Fraser movie. I, I don't know why you'd be like, hey, I got to have that guy. But, you know, Brendan Fraser, it was well-received. I don't know exactly why you'd pick him. He's kind of a, a weird choice for this. And it gets, I, I think, weirder and weirder. Because, I mean, what are you trying to do with this, right? This is basically just an excuse for to show really nice drone footage, right? Like, you go out into the middle of, the na of nature somewhere, and you have these cameras that, you know, fly around on drones, and it looks really amazing. And you have a picture that you're sitting there, and the whole screen, it's almost like one of those planetariums where the whole screen wraps all the way around you. It's just incredible to look at. At times, it feels like you're actually outside doing the things. It almost looks like it's not a screen at all. Like, you're just looking at the outside. It is very, very strange, and at times, uh, off-putting. Like, you... It's, it feels very, very weird. Let me show you some of the stuff that I just took from inside as we're watching this uh, movie. This is uh, um, some of the footage. Um, as it's going and it's getting bigger, this is the Earth. And it, I mean, it, I, to tell you how this feels as you're in this moment, the Earth is coming at you and you feel it getting so close, it almost feels like it's going to run into you. The depth of this was incredible. And you can feel the entire audience as this moment is happening, like on the edge of their seats, it's kind of turning into the sphere. This is the first time they're showing the, what the Death Star can do. And as you get kind of closer here, I mean, you could, at the time, you could actually feel the audience like gasping at this because it feels like you're just a land flying. 
over the actual mountains. Now, if you hear this little creepy voice that's going on, this has to do with sort of the plot of the movie to justify all the, uh, you know, drone footage, right? Like, and I'm just looking around, by the way. That's not the, the shot moving. It's like me just looking around. It's everywhere in front of you. So the plot of the movie to justify all the money they spent on the, uh, on the drone footage is basically like it's some sort of futuristic scenario where people have come from Earth and they've left and they're waking up and they've recorded a message to themselves because they've been asleep for so long and they have to remind themselves who they are, what the story is. And so they kind of give the backstory of Earth. So it's the future looking back at the backstory of Earth from these people who went around. And so they're constantly like, we had beautiful canyons, beautiful canyons and oceans, all this crap over and over and over again. This is what the, the canyons and the rivers look like. And again, it's so weird because you almost feel like you're actually flying above these things. The other thing that's amazing is as you are moving like this, you feel the wind. They pumped wind in here and it, it, it almost feels like you're moving the same the way the shot is moving. There's the creepy voice lady again. Um, the visuals were utterly spectacular. It's hard to even describe how good they were. Now, when you spend $2.3 billion on a movie theater, it better be freaking good, but that's not why. Look, if this is all this was, I would be happy to kind of tell you about it in a quick little, maybe at the end of the show. Uh, you gotta see some of this footage, incredible. I'll post it on, uh, on you know, my social media. The reason though I wanted to bring this up in a major main segment of the show is just something that's so central, so centrally a problem with our country and our world right now. This movie itself, I, I can't even describe to you what the point of it is. It is, you'd expect it to be annoyingly environmental, right? You'd expect me to be a bit annoyed by it because, okay, they're just showing a bunch of nice outside places and they're going to say we ruined it or whatever. I kind of even expected that going in, but it was impossible to describe. It is maybe the most anti-human production I've ever seen in my entire life. The messaging of the movie is that humans are horrible. And the only thing they should do is leave the planet as, as quickly as possible to save it. Now, you did get scenes like this, and this is a, a violinist playing. This looks like I'm watching a concert. And if you go up, this is not what the theater looks like. That's the screen. It's incredible. You, it looks like you're in an old-timey theater watching a violinist uh, play. And it looks legitimately real, but this was part of the weird messaging of it. It was the only good things humans have ever done are art and nature, right? The only good things about life are art and nature. And look, art's great, right? Like we all love art. There's certain, at least some of the art, I'm not a huge, I would not go to a, you know, a, I'm not a big violin concert guy. I noticed uh, the sphere started with you two and not a violinist. Um, but you know, art is great and parts of it are fantastic. And of course it is a human achievement. But like, is that it? Like, that's the only beauty that the world ever has provided? That, that's it? There's nature, there's a bunch of rocks. You can climb them. That's, that's one thing humans are allowed to do, apparently. And, you know, there's art, there's plays, there's violins, there's dancing. That's all beauty. But then the rest of it is us just screwing up. There's no beauty in us expanding the life expectancy from 35 to 80. 
There's no beauty there. There's no beauty in the fact that we've improved life, ripped billions of people out of abject poverty. There's no beauty there. There's no beauty in being able to travel from one side of the world to another to not just see the stupid thing you're watching on screen, but go to that place. That was never before possible. And of course, what they see as the the adversary in this is human progress. It's human flourishing. As the world for us gets better, we're destroying the earth over and over and over again. And that messaging gets stronger and stronger throughout the movie. Um, the visuals are impressive. But let me show you the elephant thing. This thing has made the rounds a little bit. This is, this is an elephant walking, and it feels like you are about to get stepped on by an elephant. I mean, now this is a guy who made the whale, so he has some experience apparently in this. In this realm, um, you know, to the point of like at one part, they're showing orange groves and you can actually smell the oranges like they pumped in orange smell. So you could smell the oranges as the oranges are on screen. It's really legitimately impressive, but it is not just environmentalist, not just environmentalist wacko. I'm saying like it is a legitimately anti-human experience. They look at humanity as a virus. Killing the earth. Our goal as human beings is not to flourish, is not to have a wonderful life. Our job is to please Mother Earth. To, I mean, it is at times, it's almost like a religion. Like they talk about almost like praising her, meaning the earth, over and over and over again. This weird um, religious dedication to the earth, not as a great freaking place that we all live on and, and, and appreciate and don't want to destroy, of course, but a place that is largely designed for humans to flourish on, right? This is something that we, this is our place, this is how we should be thinking about the earth. I'm not saying, of course, we go out and <clears throat> make smokestacks everywhere. That's not human flourishing, but human flourishing is something that's supposed to be central to our life here. It's not just to protect the earth, in this natural state. I might remind you that nature sucks a lot of the time. A lot of time, I was in the, I was in the desert. There's signs everywhere saying snakes might kill you. That's freaking nature, okay? Nature got people killed at 35 years old. Nature provides a world in which there are no recoveries from very basic illnesses. That's nature. Bacteria kill you. You don't have antibiotics. That's not part of nature. That's man. That's man improving things. And instead of seeing man as this horrible Michael Myers type serial killer, why don't we see ourselves as something maybe that has made the world better, a lot better? You know, there's still places on earth you can go live like it's 1406. You can still go do that. I've noticed Darren Aronofsky's not living in any of them. Neither is anybody else in Hollywood. Neither is the founder of Madison Square Garden. None of these people choose to live in the places that appear in the drone footage. Why? Because that life sucks. Humans make the world a lot better for humans. That's, that's natural. That's what you'd expect, I think, from the world. Now, it gets so bad, you learn <clears throat> later on in the show, in the movie, the reason why we have the stupid people in the spacesuit with the echo echoey voices is because 
the earth, we destroyed the earth so much, we had to all get on rocket ships and fly to try to find other planets. I mean, again, the visuals are amazing, go ahead. But this is what it looks like. Everyone's escaping the earth because we've done so much to kill it. Listen to this messaging. And rather than burn our only home down around us, we left of our own accord. We turned off the lights. Okay. Got it? So, instead of burning the... That's our option. We're burning the world around us. We decided to leave. There was one point, and, and you know, this whole scene is an incredible visual scene, but the messaging was amazing. At one point, and I, I'm going to butcher this quote a little bit because I'm doing it from memory, but it was something to the effect of, we had some amazing accomplishments as humans, but our only consistent accomplishment was destruction. Like, what the hell? Do you even see it? Do you even want to be alive? Do you have any appreciation of the world around you and the people around you? I mean, think of the psychosis that must cause one human being to feel this way about the rest of their human beings. I just don't understand it. And it was quite a thing to sit there and be lectured about the evils of capitalism and consumerism while sitting in a $2.3 billion light-up testicle in Las Vegas. Really? You're gonna, you're gonna build a $2.3 billion globe movie theater and put you two on stage for $500 a ticket and preach to me about the evils of consumerism as I'm connected by bridge to the Venetian hotel and casino? Really? Why, of all the things, this is a miracle of capitalism, an incredible accomplishment, technologically, in entertainment. It's an amazing thing that we could do something like this. And they bring in U2, a band, I think, perfectly chosen for this, right? Like, not to mention, the fans of it are a little bit older, actually have some money to go see the shows. That's, that's part number one, why they're a good choice. But these are people, U2 has pushed the limits of technology their whole career. They actually are one of the few people who love capitalism, think it's the best system for human flourishing. That's true. I don't agree with them on all their policies, but they actually love capitalism. And yet the other thing they choose to open it is an anti-capitalist screed about how humans are nothing but destroyers of the earth. What kind of weird narcissistic thing is this? Why do human beings do this? Why do they believe human beings are so evil? I... It was an amazing experience. I can't wait to go see you two in this thing. But what a weird thing it is that human beings do to themselves. Uh, this, uh, they're just, uh, just beating themselves up over all of their amazing accomplishments. Look, here's the thing. There's a lot of crap going on in the world. There are some humans that are doing really terrible things. But those aren't the ones that get complained about from Hollywood. It's not Hamas that gets the anti-Hamas movie made. No, it's you and the fact that you drive your SUV and have medicine that keeps you alive longer. Well, count me as the one person, I don't know, maybe in the entire theater, who loved capitalism, loves what capitalism has brought to us, and you know what? Appreciates the fact that the world is a better place than it was before we had the light bulb.
All right, let me tell you about BetDSI.com. We're just talking about Vegas. You don't have to go to Vegas uh, to bet on, let's say, the NFL. You can do that right here in the good old wherever you are. I mean, most places. you got to check your local laws, of course, to make sure you're on the right side of that, of course. But BetDSI is where you can make a bet. You can make extra money. You can get a 120% bonus match on your first deposit. That means, you know, you put in 100 bucks. They're going to give you an extra 120 bucks to bet with. It's more than double your money with the promo code STU120. You can bet on the NFL, the NBA. Uh, that season just kicked off. How about Major League Baseball's World Series in Texas? Kind of a big deal right now as the Rangers are in it right down the street from where we are. Um, it's, it's a lot of fun. It can get you involved. Even if you don't care about the Rangers and Diamondbacks, eh, you can always care a little bit when you're playing to win. You can play, win, and get paid at BetDSI. If you want the opportunity to win a lot of money, well, BetDSI.com can accommodate that particular wish. Use the promo code STU120 to get your big bonus match. You can even bet on the 2024 elections. BetDSI has been a leader in the industry for over a decade, and I'm glad they're here. I'm glad they're on show. I'm glad, you know, some of the laws have changed in America, and you can actually do this now. BetDSI.com. Promo code is STU120. Remember to bet responsibly with BetDSI.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Happy to be joined by J.P. Sears. He's a comedian and author of the new children's book, Chomp, 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 the Snapfast Challenge, which is available now wherever you get your books. JP, thanks for coming on the program. Stu, thank you for having me on, and it's great to be here in this backdrop of what looks like Gotham City. Yeah, I feel it like It's Philadelphia, so it's actually da- more dangerous than Oh, Gotham. yeah, it's yeah. much worse. <laughs> yeah, much worse. Um, thanks so much for coming on. I appreciate it. Um, I want to go, I want to talk about your book and, and everything that's going on, but I want to start with your history, because I, I remember seeing the first video, the first JP Sears video that I ever saw. And it was a very rare moment for me watching internet content because I couldn't tell if it was real or if you were making fun of something. Like, I actually was, I went back and forth like three times. That's a heck of a compliment. I'm very skeptical about everything. I really couldn't tell if it was you or it was like one of these like libs of TikTok videos uh, uh, just caught somebody in a, in a weird moment. I mean, how did you get started doing this? I, I, first of all, I love that. That yeah. it, that amuses me. <laughs> and when I hear people like share with me like, yeah, JP, before I figured out you were a comedian, I'd see your content and yeah. I couldn't tell were you serious or not. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of my comedy, it's in the form of satire. Mm-hmm. So I enjoy people not knowing how to It's hard to me. pull off. I, I, you know, I watched a lot of sketch comedy over the years. You know, I, usually I can tell, right, instantly. And I was like, wait yeah. a minute. I don't, I can't. Yeah, <laughs> is he a real. lunatic or is he yeah. a comedian? Yeah. Uh, both. I mean, in the nicest of ways, of yeah. course. <laughs> well, I pre- and I appreciate the question. How I got started, you know, before I, I I've been do, doing comedy, call it professionally, for nine years now. Mm-hmm. Started on YouTube, and before that, I was doing health coaching, personal training, Mm. stuff I loved, but I kept having these ideas come to me to like, hey, there's this concept I could convey through the language of comedy and video form, Mm. just letting my natural sense of humor come out with my voice, but I thought, you know, 
that'd be a bad idea. Like, I'm supposed to be a health coach, should right. be serious. Also, I don't know how to make comedy videos. Mm-hmm. But eventually the itch, you know, I just had to scratch it. So I made my first video October 2014 and and that woke something up inside of me and then just started making more videos and it accidentally became a career. And then <laughs> in the beginning of the whole pandemic, you know, the mission of my work changed where I, I started to see, whoa, first time in my lifetime in America, I'm seeing freedom really in jeopardy here. It's getting eroded. So that helped me realize freedom's my number one value. I didn't really know it before. I was taking it for granted. So since then, I've I've used my comedy, my platforms, my voice to uh, do my best to stand for freedom and call out what I deem to be the lies, hypocrisy, and corruption that are seemingly trying to erode freedoms. Yeah. It's interesting watching your stuff. It it has a, 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 it's like not a, it's not mean. You know what I mean? I I don't know how to say that. Like a lot of the comedy on the right, especially at times, I I do this stuff when I'm, when I'm with comedy, a lot of times I'm really sarcastic. I'm really harsh with it. And I don't know that's the best approach. Yours comes at it with like a, 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 you know, Portlandia comes to mind where like a show that has, they, they didn't, they liked liberals, right? They were liberal, but they were sort of mocking liberal culture and you kind of come at it. I don't know. There's that same similar sort of feel. Yeah. Well, I appreciate, and I'm I'm sure sometimes a liberal might see my videos and be like, no, that's (laughs) mean. Right. Yes. But for me, (laughs) like uh, my intention isn't to be mean and realize Mm -hmm. if it comes across that way to someone, that's fine. Like we all have our own perceptions. Mm But like meanness certainly isn't the point. Ultimately, I want to uplift people to do their own thinking, follow their own hearts. And so for me, a question I'll oftentimes ask myself if I'm developing material about a certain subject is, what needs to be mocked about this? And oftentimes it's not the low hanging fruit, but it's like, where's the hypocrisy? Where's the lack of self-awareness involved in this phenomenon? And when I can pull that off, it probably comes across uh, less as mean and more hopefully, you know, make you think a little bit. And we really needed comedy, especially during the pandemic. I mean, it was a dark period. I I feel like now we've kind of come out of it and life is pretty much back to normal now, right? It's the new normal, Stu. Enjoy. (laughs) Enjoy. (laughs) You're reacclimated. But, like, I do think that, like, you know, the— there's these battles between the left and the right all the time. And I feel like our standard position on the right is that we're always losing these things. But really with the pandemic, I feel like the opposite is true. Like we said, wait a minute, this is nuts. We can't be locked up behind closed doors from now until the end of time. No. And really we eventually, they don't might, might not want to admit it, but we brought the left along to that argument. I mean, they all, you go to New York City, you go to California now, you're living a very normal life again. Yeah, and, and I agree with you, especially during the pandemic, we needed comedy. Mm. Obviously, I'm a comedian, so I'm biased. Like, I'll say we need comedy <laughs> yeah. everywhere. Oh, yeah. But why I say, uh, uh, especially we needed it during the pandemic, if you look at psychologically, like the psychological archetypes, there's the court jester, mm-hmm. kind of the comedian of the kingdom. Yeah. And the function of the court jester is to keep the king's ego in check. So the court jester mocks the king. And that helps the king become more self-aware. So he's driven less by his ego and less by a tyrannical energy of wanting to use the people of the kingdom to serve him. Mm to keep him in the position of a king who's truly the biggest servant in the kingdom. 
he serves the kingdom, he serves the purpose, wears the crown to remind him of his higher purpose. During the pandemic, we had a lot of tyrannical agendas yeah. happening. So those needed to be mocked. It's like, you know, the all these kings, the Fauci's, mm. they needed to be mocked. And that's the function of the court jester because it helps us, helps illuminate the egotistical, devious nature that was driving a lot of things. You do realize that a lot of the stories with the court jester and with the king saying off with his head, like that yeah. is the way that story yeah, that's, ends. It's, it's, I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> All right, that's in the future. But, but, but yeah, it, and by the way, that plays out. Uh, I yeah. mean, metaphorically, mm -hmm. censor the comedians or mm -hmm. look, cancel those Dave Chappelle shows at that theater. So we do see comedians, you know, the court jester's heads getting decapitated. And that's why we need comedy now more than ever. Things need to be mocked when it's dangerous to mock the things. That's when we need it most. Are you surprised more comedians haven't gone that route of Chappelle and others where they say, look, that my whole job is to say the unpopular thing, the thing that makes you cringe, the thing that makes you uncomfortable, the thing that makes you laugh. This censorship is a big deal and we need to do something about it. I mean, there's, there's definitely examples of comedians. They've been sure. better than other industries. But I've been surprised at how many have just been like, ah, well, I just won't make fun of that stuff anymore. It has surprised me. And, and there definitely are a, a, a lot. And it's growing more now um, than it was three years ago. But there are a lot mocking what needs to be mocked. But it has surprised me, like, why isn't it everybody? Because the number one principle in comedy is the truth principle. It, there has to be a grain of truth in the joke, or you have to be illuminating a truth that's maybe hidden or needs to be said. And, you know, it, sometimes it takes courage to do that, but that's relying on the number one principle of comedy, the truth principle. But I think the intimidation of cancel culture, woke culture, that causes some comedians to censor themselves into silence and like, well, I'm not gonna go there because it might seem too dangerous and, and that's okay. We all get to choose our own adventure. Yeah, um, let me go to your book. It's out, uh, this is it's from Brave Books. Um, again, it's called uh, Chomp, 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 The Snapfast Challenge. And uh, it's teaching a pretty important lesson for kids. These books are great. We've, we've, we've looked at a bunch of these. Well, they teach important lessons. They're, they're not woke lessons. They're, they're actually traditional lessons that are important for kids to understand. Yeah, and first off, Brave Books, they're amazing. I'm so proud to partner with them. And, and my book, Chomp, 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 in it, you know, it's an entertaining, engaging children's story that takes place in the uh, landscape of social media. So it's relatable to kids. But it's, it's got the message in it that it, if there was only one message that I could teach my son, just one, it would be always do your own thinking, be in touch with your heart, and have the courage to let your actions be in alignment with your own thinking and your heart. So that's the message embedded in the book. And I wanted to bring that to families all around the world. And, and that message is played out through the phenomenon of peer pressure. And of course, if you're succumbing to peer pressure, you're violating yourself. You're violating, betraying your thinking, your heart. Um, and past three years, we've seen a lot of examples of adults in our world that didn't get that message when they were kids. Mm. And how this succumbing to peer pressure plays out in our adult world the past few years is obedience and compliance. Yeah. So. 
I care about kids. They need to be protected from the dangerous propaganda that's trying to get them, but they also need solutions, alternatives that instill positive morals, positive values, teach them it is good to do your own thinking. It's good to have the courage to follow your heart. So that's what I wanted to contribute with my kids' book. Yeah, it's such an important message. And, you know, of course, you know, peer pressure and bullying, all these things have been issues for a long time, but they're so much worse now, I think, with social media. Yeah. I mean, I look at adults who are addicted to their phones and doing things just for social media, and I see it all the time, and I think, how can we inflict this on children? I, I, there's no way they can handle it. Adults can't even handle it. Yeah, I, I agree. Adults can't handle it. It's, and it, and you mentioned the bullying, like it, yeah. the bullying on social media. Like I, I'll look at some of my comments on my videos. I'm like, whoa, there are some mean people out there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's yeah. mostly great people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, there's no consequences to bullying someone online. But if you're trying to bully someone in person. There's consequences. It could escalate to some level of violence. Hopefully it won't. But that's why most people won't bully in person. But online, kids can be vicious with each other. Adults yeah. can be vicious with each other. So it's, it's like social media, it is very powerful. And it, that source of power can be used constructively. You can connect and unite with people all over the world, share amazing information and inspiration. And it can also be used destructively. And uh, I think yeah, I'm pretty passionate about helping give guidance to kids so that they don't destroy themselves, they don't betray themselves with this phenomenon of social media and peer pressure in general. Your son is three years old, yeah. um, which is cool. I mean, I you know I have two kids, and go, just you know, it feels like just yesterday was in this period. It goes fast. I know everyone tells you that it's very true. Um, when you look uh, into the future of this country raising uh, a child, what's your outlook? Are, are you scared? Are you optimistic? How do you feel? Uh, you know, I'm both. I'm scared and I'm optimistic. I'm glad I'm scared because it motivates me to one parent my son just that's the most important job it it, mm -hmm. it motivates me to show up more than i could have ever imagined for him so the fear kind of motivates me to do that and also i'm very optimistic i mean the past few years i've seen more people wake up and grow stronger than they have in the previous 30 years combined mm -hmm. i think the muscle can only be as strong as the weight is heavy past few years, you know, we could say, well, our country's in a little dire way. <laughs> I noticed that. And, yeah. and yeah, yeah, that's a heavy weight. So people are growing. So, you know, uh, I, sometimes I hear people say, I feel bad about bringing a kid into the world where it's going. But uh, I think I read it on a fortune cookie one time. <laughs> Probably wasn't that, but it's All said, parenting tips come from fortune yeah. cookies. <laughs> you know, if you're, if you're worried about the dragons in the world, you don't need to hesitate about bringing dragon slayers into the world. So, you know, our, our kids are here for a divine reason. And of course they need our guidance. They need to be loved and parented. Um, so long story short, I do feel optimistic and hopeful about a great future, yet that great future isn't gonna be on the horizon if we're just 
complacent and expecting it to accidentally happen. All right, most important question. Was it General Tso's chicken, beef and broccoli? What, what was this uh, fortune cookie attached to? Yeah, it, uh, the, the, the MSG chicken, yeah. that's my favorite. I love headaches. <laughs> yeah, I just yeah. it's, it's, they're, they're the most delicious headaches you can have. Uh, thanks so much. J.P. Sears, the new book is Chomp, 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 The Snap Fest Challenge. Be sure to pick up a copy today. And uh, it's great stuff. These whole line of books are great. If you have kids, uh, really, at any age, uh, it's a great series to pick up because it's actually teaching good lessons uh, to kids, not insane ones. Uh, Ibram X. Kendi has not written any of these books, I promise you. Uh, JP, thanks so much for coming on the program. Appreciate you having me, Stu. We were just talking about uh, COVID and that era and how many people left these blue areas. You're in Texas and so many people left California and New York and Illinois to move down to Texas and Florida and Arizona. And and people wanted that change. They wanted to get out of those places. But you're going to a new area. What real estate agent do you use? Um, It's hard to know. Usually it's someone who's kind of a friend of a friend and you don't know if they're really doing the best job, but you feel bad. That's not the right way to deal with your most important financial transaction. That's why Glenn built uh, realestateagentsitrust.com many years ago to solve this problem for people. Whether you're buying or selling a home, no matter what area you're going into, they have the best agents there, the best performance, uh, all the, you know, they know how to do everything uh, when it comes to the paperwork and and all that. You'll, of course, get that. But you'll also get someone who you can trust, who understands the area, who has the best experience in that area, someone who's well-rooted, who does this full-time. You're going to like the person you meet through realestateagentsitrust.com. The name kind of says it all. It's realestateagentsitrust.com, a free service to you, realestateagentsitrust.com. Well, lots of interesting economic news today. Um, you know, there was some stuff that came out like, oh, this looks really good. And then you look in the underlying parts of it and it, it honestly looks terrible. They look like they've moved a bunch of uh, spending, consumer spending up to this quarter to get ahead because they think prices are going up. And then we're going to, I mean, look, the next year looks to be a really rough economic year. And of course, we can all say thank you to Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. for much of this. Uh, Bidenomics in effect. And we've got the new gear at studosmerch.com. Bidenomics strikes back. Yes, it's available now. Use the code STU10. Bidenomics strike back, strikes back. They've got the mug. They've got the T-shirt. It's got all the stuff. Uh, check it out there. studosmerch.com. The code is STU10. So I don't know if you've heard this. We talked about it a couple of weeks ago on the show. There are critical shortages of essential drugs right now in the United States. Yeah, here. It's causing severe disruptions in medical treatments, resulting in delays, treatment cancellations, and the unfortunate rationing of vital medications. All this, of course, should be completely avoidable, but we kind of live in a crazy world with some crazy leaders now, don't we? This is why you need to have the Jace case uh, on hand. It's a personalized emergency medication kit that contains five essential antibiotics that treat the most common and deadly bacterial infections. It's customizable with dozens of add-on medications available, so you can choose the ones that best fit you and your family's needs. They even have ivermectin, if that's something that you want. Jace is simple. You just go online, you fill out a form, and then you get your prescription. Uh, you get the life-saving medications delivered right to your door. The Jace case gives you peace of mind so that you're not just hoping that you have access to medication in an emergency. You have it. That sounds better, right? Go to jacemedical.com. Enter the code STU at checkout. Uh, you get a discount on your order when you do that. Uh, the code is STU at jacemedical.com. J-A-S-E medical.com. 
a terrifying scene uh, in uh, this particular college. It was Cooper Union, and it's a New York City college. Jewish students were locked in a room. Not not because they didn't, they wasn't like they were like, oh no, you're locking me in a room. No, they were happy to be locked in the room because they were being saved from rioting crazy people outside. A pro-Palestine uh, protest came out and they were saying free uh, Palestine and you know, trying to intimidate the Jewish students. It's just a weird world. I mean, can you believe we live in a world where this stuff happens? I, I, I mean, I look, I tend to see people as individuals. Um, I don't really care about groups. Like, I don't have a real affinity for any particular group over another. Um, I also don't, like, see people that way. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm an individualist at heart. Um, I think that's the right way to be. I thought that was the way Americans were supposed to be, right? Like, yeah, America as a concept, uh, as a country, is a country that uh, believes in individual rights and sees people not as like, oh, well, you're Jewish, therefore you're responsible for something I think is wrong in Israel. Um, that's not the way we're supposed to look at this stuff. Yet more and more we seem to do that. And of course, the, you know, the Democrats have been all over this. I mean, the, the, you want to look for a place that's the heart of the anti-Semitic movement right now. It's on the left. There are some on the right who, who fall down these weird rabbit holes. It's, not, it's true. I mean, you saw the old Charlottesville Jews will not replace us rallies. Everybody heard about that. They played it a million times. It was the thing that everyone was talking about. Every person on the right that I know came out immediately and said how bad that was. That was just like an instant reaction. Now we're seeing the same types of rallies saying the same types of things about Jews. And sometimes a lot worse. It was not about worrying about replacing them. They want to wipe them off the planet. And there's no, because they're on the left, and they're, even though they're 20 times larger or 50 times larger, no one seems to care at all. And that, uh, a little inconsistent. Now, Biden himself has been a bit, bit mixed, I would say, so far. This has not been the thing he's been worst at since he became president. He's been much worse at almost everything else. Uh, he's been back and forth. Like, he did come out and say what I said on the monologue uh, yesterday. He said, uh, Biden says he has no confidence in the Palestinian death count, nor should you. It's insanity. This is a, a terrorist group. And them telling you they have the exact number of dead 10 seconds after it happens, it's just not real. It's not realistic, and you shouldn't trust it. You shouldn't trust anything that Hamas says or some group that has... Um, uh, you know, that it has a gun to their head because of Hamas. But then he also has this, Biden's post-war plan, new talks on Israel-Palestine two-state solution. Guys, the two-state solution's dead, okay? It was murdered on October 7th, along with 1,400 people in Israel. It's over. It's over. It's, it's dead. It's gone. And it should be gone. You elect Hamas as your representatives, and they go and kill a bunch of people. Sorry, no state for you to cope. Uh, to quote the soup Nazi, and I hate to bring up Nazis at a time like this, though we see a lot of them on the streets these days, and it's not in Charlottesville. Very interesting. Uh, the House and new speaker, uh, Mike Johnson, um, voted to show solidarity with Israel. The vote was 412 to 10. Uh, There's nine, I think it was nine Republicans and one or nine Democrats that said no and one Republican. The Republican was Thomas Massey, who often votes uh, this way on, on all foreign policy issues. Not a huge surprise. And, uh, you know, we love Thomas, but, uh, uh, you know, that's, uh, he just doesn't think that's the role of the government. Um, Israel uh, ground forces are raiding Hamas sites in Gaza now. But then they're going and they're withdrawing. This is not like a full ground invasion, though that is coming. Um, probably in the next few weeks. We don't know exactly. 
Um, but they're going in, they're picking off certain uh, people, trying to save hostages, doing these basic operations, then coming back out and restaging. How long will that last? I don't know. I mean, they're still trying to figure out what the repercussions are going to be when this ground invasion starts. But we'll watch all the details for you and keep you updated. Big changes this week. If you missed yesterday's show, you can go back and watch it because we went through kind of all the things that are changing on TheBlaze.com. Obviously, this is one of the bigger conservative news sites out there. And they're taking a pretty big risk on this right now. They're trying to say, hey, um, we need to change things because we don't want to go down these big tech roads anymore. You know, all these sites are just serviced by these terrible ads, um, as Glenn pointed out, usually about toe fungus. Um, and the, we're just saying no, no more. We're not going to go down these roads anymore. We're going to get demonetized anyway eventually from it. Let's just trust the audience and say, hey, let's come together. If you want this sort of coverage, we believe that you'll support it. If you do, you'll get more of these deep investigative pieces. You know, we've had Steve Baker on a few times. He's one of the first people they put into this to try to investigate what really happened on January 6th with some of these groups. Check it out, theblaze.com or subscribe, blazetv.com slash stew. Promo code is stew. We need your help. Thanks.